We're going to be in Luke today. Chapter 17, verse 11. All right, I'm going to read the story. We're going to walk our way through it. Here's the word I want on your heart. Here's the word I want in your spirit. Gratitude. Gratitude. Say it. Gratitude. Take a deep breath and say it again. Gratitude. Close your eyes. Think about the word. Say it. Gratitude, all right? We need to have an attitude of gratitude, a constant, overwhelming coverage of thankfulness in our lives. Not for the things that we don't have, but for all the things that we do. Now, let's see about Jesus telling a story or a story about Jesus. Now, on his way to Jerusalem, all right? She's coming untied on a trip. Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. Between Samaria and Galilee. And as he was going into a village, on the outside, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, comma, Master, comma, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, go show yourselves to the priests. When he saw them, he said, go show yourself to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw, realized he was healed, came back, re returned praised God. Okay, the word there means to give glory. He returned and brought glory, gave glory, praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. Threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. Jesus said, were not all ten cleansed? Or weren't there 10 people? And when those 10 people went away, did not all 10 of them get healed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Hmm. Then he said to him, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. Rise and go. Get up. And go. Do not stay where you are. Get up and go. Your faith has made you well. The call of those who have a faith filled with gratitude, filled with the giving of glory, Jesus calls to get up and to go. Now, let's get back and let's talk about where we are. Luke is very intentional. And the deeper I get into Luke, the more I realize that he was really really, really tongue-in-cheek lashing out at the believers, lashing out at the religious. I mean, we've talked about this. He begins with John the Baptist saying, repent. This is a gospel of repentance, of turning from the direction that you're heading. But we're Jews. We're heading in the right direction. Oh, well, no, because Jesus is calling you to turn too. 
All right. And all the time he's saying it was a Samaritan woman. It was a Samaritan man. He pulls it again. All right. And he says the one who returned was a Samaritan, the enemy of the Jewish people. The Jews and the Samaritans did not get along. Capulet Montague, sharks and jets, volunteers, wildcats. All right. Crimson Tide and anyone. Got it? There's a, there's a hatred there, all right? And Jesus makes them the good guys in his stories. He is pointing fingers, all right, at the religious. Now, remember, when I say religious, I'm talking about people who believe they're good, act good, walk good, talk good, but wouldn't recognize Jesus if he came in a room, all right? Their outsides are clean. Aren't you whitewashed tombs? You make the cemetery look really good, but all you are is decaying and decrepit underneath. Jesus says this to them. Your clothes look nice, but your heart's in a disarray. So he's got all of these people, you know, but his disciples are who's with him right now. And some people are following him and he is on the border between Samaria and, and Galilee. All right. So he's in between what he would call his people and what his people would call other people. All right. Jesus never played those games. He was always about everyone. And when he gets there, there are 10 people outside the village. That's where they would have been. OK, leprosy was the the worst disease that is recorded in all of scriptures, okay? Leprosy was literally considered by the church and by the people walking death, all right? You, sores would, would develop, all right? Extremities would begin to decay and literally fall off. Anywhere from four to six months of lesions that might heal or up to nine to 12 years of your body disintegrating as you live through it, all right? It was very communicable. So as soon as you had symptoms or signs, you had to go and be in a colony or go with your people. So now your people aren't determined by color or by religious view or by geography or by race. What we have is a collective group of people drawn together by a common calamity. All right. It's amazing how when we all go through the same things, all of the things we fight and argue about disappear. When you've, when you've battled alcohol or battled drugs or battled weight, all right, and you've gone into battle against those things with other people and you formed a bond in your need, in your calamity, all right, in your loss, all that other stuff seems to go away. And these guys are together and they seem to kind of say in one voice, all right, their request to the Lord. So they recognize that Jesus is coming into the city and from a distance they gather at the place where they were probably just hoping for the pity. And in this case, pity is um, an intense amount of compassion toward another. So the hope is that out of the compassion that you have for the person in that situation, the overflow of that compassion will be to do something or to give something, to offer time, to offer money, to offer a kind word, to offer a piece of bread, to even give your leftovers. So they had learned not to just ask for a specific thing, all right? They didn't ask for food. They didn't ask for money. They simply relied on the overwhelming compassion of the people who would come out and give anything. And they had heard, obviously, about Jesus. And so I love their requests. And I think we need to focus in 
on what their request was. They called out in a loud voice. And I just imagine this, this, this unified cry of, unified cry that comes from a place of hopelessness, but finds itself in a, in a strange Hope in this man out here. There is this strange feeling, this strange aura, this strange call that people have when they get near Jesus and it fills them with the hope. And they don't say, heal us. Jesus healed people all over the place. They don't say, feed us. They don't say, take this disease from us. They don't say, punish the people who aren't nice to us. They say three things. Jesus, they know exactly who he is and they begin the statement with the name that is above every name. There is power in the name of Jesus. And then they use the word master. This word is not used very often and when it is, it is used by disciples when they speak to their rabbi or their teacher. So these men recognize the spiritual, the emotional, the societal position that Jesus holds and they call to him as if he is that for them. Crossing, if they're speaking in one group, they're crossing color boundaries. They're crossing culture boundaries. They're crossing all boundaries. Jesus one, master two. Listen, have pity on us. May whatever compassion that man can show be magnified in who you are and who we believe that you are. And may the overflow of that touch us in whatever way possible. Jesus is overwhelmed by not just their request, but by how they said, what they said, to whom they said it. And there is a pause as Jesus thinks about how he's going to respond to this. And his response is not, be healed. His response is not, have a, have a Big Mac. His response is not the only other time in the New Testament he has run into a leper. He touched them, blew everybody's mind. You don't touch a leper. He sends 10 guys to the most sacred place in the city. I want y'all to go church together now. It's not going to go well at all. It's not a request that, that, that is, you're shunned, you're unclean. You have to cover half your face and all of your body, keep everything that might have a sore on it covered, all right? Everybody knows what you look like, sound like, and you have to yell unclean all the time. Yet the request of Jesus to these men who ask for pity is, go to church. Let me explain why he says go to church. We don't have... Interesting thing that I read just this morning. All right, I'm, I always do finish up, follow up, try to find nuggets. All right, I read this morning. All right, there is not an instance of a natural healing of leprosy in the Bible. There is not an instance of people getting over leprosy. And I'm not saying it doesn't happen. I'm saying the Bible doesn't record it. The Bible records four to six times where there are leprosy in the Bible. We know of at least two that Jesus takes on and we know of two in the Old Testament including Naaman. And the story of Naaman and this story go hand in hand because Naaman was the enemy. In fact, both times he healed somebody in the Old Testament. It was not Hebrew or Jewish children. 
It was people other than. And they're always like, well, why would you do it for them? Why don't you do it for us? <laughs> Most of the time, Jesus's response is because they are grateful. You think you deserve it. They actually want it. Naaman humbled himself. He was the captain of the guard of another country. He was like the third highest in position. And the request, go jump in, uh, there's not an easy, Feces Creek. It's basically the request. What we're smelling, that's what he had to take a bath in. Not once, seven times. Go dunk yourself and come back up and then do it again. I'll do it seven times. Humbling, right? So in order for you to be back in society, you could be healed, but in order for you to be back in society, be able to take off the clothes, be able to, the priest had to declare you healed. So while they're still sick, Jesus sends them to the priest, all right? Now, here's the part that I love. They don't say, what do we do when we get there? They don't say, um, how long do we wait? They don't say, are you sure that's what you want us to do? They don't say, why don't you heal us? And then, no, 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 no. Go to church. See ya. Man, church, what if we were that way? What if no matter the request that flew from the lips of the almighty God, we were like, yes, sir. Yes, sir. No questions. I always tell teenagers, I, 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 I want to find, find semicolon students. Said, so I'm going to make a t-shirt with just a semicolon on it. And everybody says, well, why? Because when Jesus turned water into wine, it was the, 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 the Oompa Loompas, the guys that do the, 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 the foot water, all right, the, the healing. It was the lowest guys on the totem pole. Jesus tells him to fill the nasty jars with water and then serve it to the, serve it to the master of the banquet. So take people's, you know, toe jammy, uh, dirty feet water and feed it to your boss. They should have questioned him. Nope. You know what's there? A semicolon. Jesus said, fill the jars with water, semicolon. So they filled them to the brim. They didn't just fill them. They filled them all the way. That's what it is, church. That's what we're looking for. People are all in. Jesus says it. That's it. Go. We don't need our emotions to come involved. We don't need what we think the world needs to look like to get involved. We don't need what everybody else will vote for to get involved. We don't need two or three people in our circle to think something is not right and rewrite the Bible to get involved. We need what Jesus says, and that is all. And so these guys take off for church and they're just walking. I'm going to walk out of the camera and I don't care because as they're walking, some of them start to realize that their toes not numb anymore. Another guy goes, I can feel my fingers. There weren't any fingers there a minute ago. Another guy's like, man, I'm standing up straighter. Pretty soon they start opening things up and they are on the way. They are healed between Jesus instructions, their obedience and getting to the priest who had to declare them healed. That's when the healing took place, not at his word. All right. Not when they got there, but as they were going, Jesus's compassion overwhelmed them. Their bodies were healed on the way. And one guy's like, oh, yeah. Now, listen, when we get things, we're all we're all ready, man. We pray for money and God gives us money. We're ready to cover the bills we should have paid or to buy what it is we need. When Jesus gives us a bride or a groom that we've been waiting for for 10, 20, 70 years, we get all excited about it. It is not a bad thing that we get excited about Jesus's blessings. The problem is there are way more to way more people that get excited about God's blessings than are get really grateful for God's blessings. People want to celebrate the blessings all the time with everybody around them. Very few people turn 
from where they're heading. He can't get back into society until he gets there and gets released. But he knew why he was healed. One turned, came, knelt, and gave glory. The thankfulness, the gratefulness, the heart behind what happens right here is overwhelming to God. And it's not so overwhelming that he can't handle it. It's so overwhelming and his, his desire is so much for it that it also magnifies the fact that nine didn't. Jesus is like, man, this is this. This is how it's supposed to be. Didn't I heal 10 people? Do you ever think Jesus feels that way in our worship? I, I'm, really? You got two or three people, and I'm not talking about hand raising. I'm not talking about singing loud. I'm talking about when you walk into a room and you look around, you can see worshipers. You can experience worshipers. I used to tell people all the time, there are worship leaders, all right, this guy, people who lead worship, and then there are lead worshipers. People that you put up here that just worship, they don't, they're not going to communicate. They, they may or may not be able to sing, but when they worship, people are like that, that, that's what we, we want to do that, all right? But aren't there a hundred people here? Isn't God worth praising, worth worshiping, worth getting emotional over, worth uh, being overwhelmed by? Why are, why are we here? Duty? Why are we here? Because it's Sunday? Or are you here to celebrate how amazing and wonderful and awesome God is? Hey, but I just experienced loss. Hey, but I have bills to pay. Hey, but I need God to do this for me. Yes, cry out for God to have pity on you. But for God's sake, understand how much you have. Not how much you don't. Those 35 girls didn't, but their smiles lit up acres of space. Lit up lives of people that have. Why? They were thankful we were there. Didn't care what we did. They just were glad we were there. One guy. His life has been literally saved. He will re-enter society. And he turns around, runs back, falls at Jesus' feet. Thank you. Thank you. And I, listen, 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 listen. When he saw, he came back praising God turned and praised God. Do you know that request is all over the place in the scriptures? When the shepherds visited Jesus for the first time and they were so overwhelmed by him, it says they returned and gave glory, glory to God in the highest. All right. When Paul is, is on, on, on his knees, he's, he's, uh, when, he, when he's struck down, he's told to go. That, that's a different thing. That's a different thing. Uh, uh, that comes later. That, this is, but but, but uh, here, here, listen, all over the scriptures, People meet with God and then they, they give thanks and bring glory to him. And those that do, this is where I was going. Jesus says, rise and go. Go ye therefore into all the world, make disciples of all men. We're all, we're all called to go. But time and time again, it was the overwhelmingly changed people the demon-possessed man from the catacombs in the tombs. 
you can't go with me. You have to go and tell. He goes and he tells the Decapolis. Ten cities hear about Jesus because of that man. Go and sin no more. All right? Go and be free. Jesus sends the grateful and the thankful. Why? Because it is the grateful and the thankful and those that bring joy that change the world. He's talking to his disciples here. I mean, they, they, they see this every day. We've seen healing. We've seen him touch a lever. No big deal. I mean, I'm, I'm, we're glad he's here, but, you know, we're getting in the boat with him. It's, it's cool. Do you ever get casual with, with God, casual with your Christianity, casual with your faith? God blesses you over and over again. You woke up this morning for crying out loud. Anybody say, man, God, thank you for giving me another day because you didn't have to. Anybody do that? You should. I know I can't pay this bill, but I'd like to thank you for the 72 other bills that I can pay. Let me just tag that with this. The number of bills you have is directly proportional to the number of things that you buy or need. I'm just saying. I'm also saying this. You want to show your gratefulness? I know we've run into a tough time now, and I am not afraid to say this out loud. As you begin to trim your bills, a lot of us are trimming our tithe first. I can give you numbers to prove it. Why don't you trim that data plan? Huh? Why don't you trim that cable bill? Why don't you cut that five gigs of internet down to a gig? Y'all are looking at me like deers in headlights. I'm just saying, you run low on money, God's the first person we take it from, isn't it? You give it to Verizon. You give it to Allstate. You give it to Dish Network. You give it to Netflix. Just saying, how grateful are you for what you have? How thankful are you? Well, Craig, what do you want me to do? I want you to turn from the way you are. And I want you to give glory. And then I want you to go and tell somebody else. Pretty standard in the scripture, is it not, church? Turn from where you are. Bring glory to God and go and tell someone else. It's a pretty simple story. You think it's weird that only 10% of the guys came back? Just saying. What's one out of 10? Mm. God took a shot though, didn't he? In his story, he's like, oh, only one guy came back. He wasn't even Baptist. <laughs> only one guy came back. He was a homeless guy. Only one guy came back. He was from the church of the Nazarene. Only one guy came back. He was Islamic. Jesus don't care about your race, your nationality, your, your, your denomination. Jesus cares about your heart. So the question is, what does your heart's gratefulness say about your walk with him? What Jesus has done for you? Because guess what? If you're a believer, he saved your life too. You on your knees with your face on the ground giving glory? Are you running around waiting to need something else and then calling on him? Hey, let me tell you something. As a pastor, we experience that all the time. 
people don't show up, people don't give. But man, when they need something, good Lord, phone be blowing up. Hey, my car broke down. Hey, I know I haven't been there in 75 weeks, but uh, my kid's playing travel ball and I need your donation. I'm just saying. You think Jesus feels that? Well, some of y'all are like, I can't, I'm not coming back to this church. <laughs> you don't want an honest church? We aren't for you. Cassandra's aiming in that. Just turn around. Come back. Get on your knees. Say, I thank you. I love you. You're the man. What do you want me to do now? First thing he's going to say is, well, go see the priest because we got work to do. But his heart's going to say, man, I, th I thought I healed 10 guys. Man, I thought I blessed 200 people. Rise and go. Get up. Go from here. You're free to be whatever you want to be now. You're not bound by the disease of sin any longer. That's you, church. You're not bound by, by regulations any longer. You are a child of God. Go. Your faith has made you well. I want you running healthy. I want you running free. I want you running well. The great theologian George Michael said, but you got to have faith, faith, faith. But that faith requires action. What's Jesus see out of you? I hope you're grateful. Let's pray. God, I am incredibly grateful for the faces that we see today. God, I'm incredibly torn by the pain of a couple of phone calls I got this week. I'm incredibly torn by the, by the pain of the girls that, that I experienced last week. I'm incredibly torn by so many things. But God, I'm so thankful for every face that's here. I'm so thankful that we can pay the bills. I'm gonna be thankful for the way the sanctuary smells and we're gonna find a way to celebrate that too because we have a building and it's paid for. We have bathrooms and they may not work, but they, they, you know, they flush. And we, we have lights and this morning they came on. We have air conditioning and this morning it came on with a smell. But we will be grateful, God, because we can gather in this place. There are way more things to be grateful for than there are to be upset about. We have just learned to focus so much on ourselves. That's hard to be grateful for anything. God, Teach us to be grateful. Teach us to be thankful. Teach us to be joyful. Call us to come unto you. Kneel at your feet. Bring glory to God. And then to go and tell. Good news. In Jesus' name, amen.